It is such a joy to be here with you all. We were new missionaries, raising support, called PCA churches in our presbytery. It's on, okay. Uh, we were Delmarva Presbytery then, Delaware, Maryland, uh, Delmarva. And uh called, I got Ron Bossom on the phone. And uh, he said, oh, we're looking to support PCA missionaries who are church planting. Come down and visit. And met the Stanleys, became, you know, Marine became our sponsor. And you guys have been in partnership with us, sent us to Japan 33 years ago. We went, and it's just such a joy. We're on a seven-month home assignment going back next month, and uh, 67 and 66, and it's just a joy to be in partnership with you all these years. Thank you so much. It's a joy to see uh, Covenant Baptisms this morning in the church you sent us to start. Uh, you know, here, let me ask you this question. How many of you uh, were baptized in this church as adults? Raise your hand. Baptized in this church as adults. Raise your hand. Okay. Same as the church in Charlotte yesterday where I left Carol to continue there. We split our forces. I flew into Dulles last night to preach here. Uh, she'll uh, join me Tuesday uh, back here. But uh, uh, that church, I asked the same question. Also, uh, maybe twice as many people as this in the room for a missions conference, not one person had been baptized in that church as an adult. Now, if you ask that, and why is that? Let me ask this. How many of you were baptized in this church as covenant children? Some of you. I know there's some of you, right? Baptized in this church as covenant children. Some of you, were you? Some of you, okay. And, uh, but, you know, we have a lot of people transfer into our PCA churches. Some of you really came to Christ here, but you were Christianized already, maybe a non-Christian Christianized person and came to faith in this church or in another church. That happens a lot. In our church, if you ask that question in Japan, almost everyone would raise their hand, baptize in our church, first church in their life, because such a lost country that you sent us to preach the gospel. But, you know, just seeing the infant baptism, thinking uh, we call it covenant baptism in Japan, because often they're not infants that we baptize. A whole family comes to faith, and we baptized mom and dad, and the kids are five and three. Or one time, we baptized a family of ten. I keep saying, I don't know of anyone anywhere in the world baptized a family of ten. You know, in one, you know, mom and dad and the oldest daughter, and then seven other kids who the whole family had come to faith. And the oldest girl, uh, the one, one baptized on her own profession, and, and the oldest of the other seven, she was almost as tall as me, you know, <laughs> but had not professed her faith. Then each of the children over the next years professed their faith in Christ. Isn't that exciting? So you sent us to be a part of doing that uh, in Japan. Now, no one ever questions covenant infant baptism of the new people that come to faith. Not one person that we've led to Christ and baptized, mom or dad or both, has ever even questioned it. Because it's the most natural thing in the world for a non-individualistic, American, non-American society to think, oh, it's me coming to faith and as a representative for my family, my whole family is part of this. And the few people we have who are transfer, kind of Christians coming into our church, and they were infected, sorry, with the idea that it's all just me and, and baptism equals baptism equals profession rather than baptism equals being in the community of faith. What, what I always trick them, I say, somewhere in the conversation as we study it, thank you for the great explanation today. Here's one you can add. This is a biblical logic. I say, oh, by the way, did you take your son's paperwork down to the city hall and registered him as Japanese. And they'll say, of course I took his paperwork down to the city hall and registered him as Japanese. And they say, why are you asking? I say, you did that? You decided for your son that he would be Japanese? He said, Pastor Dan, he's Japanese. 
He's a part of the Japanese community. Of course I did that. And I say, gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. He's a part, and you know it, that he's a part of a more important community, isn't he? He's a part of a, your daughters are part of a more important community, the, the church of Jesus Christ. And uh, that's one of the, uh, seen so many, but so neat to see. It's precious what we did today. So thank you for sending us to Japan years ago. Uh, 33 years ago we went. I think there's a picture of Tokyo there. 36 million people, if you can imagine, like Virginia, D.C., Maryland, North Carolina, all in one mega city, lost as can be. Uh, you were, again, one of our first supporting churches. We're there telling the good news because Luke 19.10, our theme verse today, Jesus came to seek and save the lost. You sent us as a young, we had five kids, came back with nine. Now we have 29 grandchildren and two on deck. And, uh, you know, we when the kids were little and were on the edge of the bed at 2 a.m. with feverish babies in the middle of the night when I was a Marine, chanting to each other, children are a blessing, children are a blessing, you know, and... <clears throat> we had a family reunion not too long ago, and we're looking and say, wow, children are a blessing. Seeing our kid, by God's grace, thank you for praying for us. They know Christ and, and marrying godly people and on mission together and tons of problems and sin like all of us, but God's grace has been so evident. We're so thankful. But we see our kids chanting to their spouses, now children are a blessing, because it's just so hard. So it's uh, a great joy to be with you. My story is mercenary to missionary, career Marine infantry officer, captain, recon Marine, if you know what that is, and, and to go to Camp Lejeune to preach at the PCA church right outside the gate, uh, Marine Base Camp Lejeune. That's where we left 38 years ago to go to seminary, where our world got rocked. We thought we're going to come back to Maryland to start a daughter church up there, of our home church up there, and God showed us every tongue, every tribe. How did we miss this? I never thought my Bible would have a, a English on one side and Japanese on each side of That's the way it is. And you guys have been a part of that all these years. So thank you <clears throat> so much for sending us there to Japan. It's been a great joy. We go back next month, April 5th, Lord willing, coronavirus or not. Uh, we're excited to go and serve maybe the last term. Uh, as God takes us back there. Now, I've, I've been able to step down as senior pastor of our church. We have four Japanese pastors now, three, three train stations, three worships, or three places where God has worshipped, and five worships each Sunday. And uh, just God, Presbytery is growing and healthy. Tons of problems and challenges, of course, uh, but God is at work, and we thank you for being a part of that. Let's uh, hope that's a brief report is okay. I didn't start my clock. I'll start it now. Huh? <clears throat> Let's uh, hear God's word. Uh, turn to Luke chapter 19, and we'll read verses 1 through 10. Sorry, I'm in all kinds of PCA churches every week, from robes to blue jeans to ties, no ties. Some stand, some sit. Do you all stand or sit during reading of Scripture? Just like this? Okay. All right, hear God's word, Luke 19. 1 through 10. <clears throat> Luke 19, 1 through 10. He entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not, because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. 
And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, as he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. The last verse is our kind of our theme verse for today. The Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Jesus on mission for us first. We need to, that to really bless our hearts. And then on mission with us for the lost world. I shared this at a Sunday school a couple years ago. Here the picture of this guy. Do you know who this is? Led the attack on Pearl Harbor. December 8th, 1941. Japan time. December 7th, U.S. time. Woke up on his aircraft carrier. Praying that morning to his 8 million gods that the ships would be in the harbor and that he could kill many Americans. The next day, the next guy, as he heard the word, actually the same day, heard the, what happened at Pearl Harbor, threw his coffee cup against the wall, broke it against the wall, and this guy, Jake DeShazar, said, oh, I hate Japanese people. I want to go kill Japanese people. Full of hate. Signed up for a secret mission. Turned out to be the Doolittle Raid Air Force, Army Air Corps. Big bombers taking off. Aircraft carriers stripped down, only enough gas to bomb Japan, kill many people, land in China, be rescued by the Chinese underground was the, the plan. Instead, Jake, he did that. They killed many Japanese people. But he was captured by the Japanese. And he was brutalized. Some of you read some of the books, seen some of the movies about Japanese imprisonment. The Nazis, many, many more prisoners of war survived Nazi prisoner war camps than Japanese. Look it up. Google it. Incredible. So evil. He hated Japanese even more. But they let him have a Bible. And Jake, reading the Bible, no one witnessing to him, telling him about Christ, reading the Bible, he gets to the story of the cross. Jesus praying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And Jake is converted in Nanking, China, in his prisoner of war could you even call it a cell where he was being brutalized? He changed, became a new creature in Christ. Like promised, right? Second Corinthians 5.17. And so instead of hating his guards, what does he begin to do? To love his guards. Anyone think he did that perfectly? Being brutalized by them? I, I don't, he's a sinner still, but a growing sinner, growing in Christ. He loves them and, and is... And as we become new, to point today, we also become new in going on mission. And what did Jake commit to God and to himself? No one else, no other Christian. No. So the end of the Doolittle Raid, end, you know, uh, just a few months after Pearl Harbor, he's, he's in that prison, like four years, you know. He says, Lord, if I ever get out of here, and so many didn't, I want to go be a missionary to Japan. Now, if the word counterintuitive has any meaning, that's it, isn't it? That he would go, but that's the gospel. The, the, the counterintuitive, the, the incarnation and the cross are counterintuitive that God would do that, that Jesus would come and do that for his enemies. I'll tell you the rest of, rest of that story later. Uh, well, a little bit more of it. This next picture is Jake DeShazar and Commander Fajita. Because one day, after Jake became a missionary to Japan, and they wrote up his story, a man walking near a Tokyo train station after World War II gets a track, tells the story of Jake DeCesar, and he goes and knocks on his door because he wants to know more, and that man was Commander Fujita, <laughs> who led the attack on Pearl Harbor. And he came to Christ, became a new creature, and therefore became a new creature on mission. Became a pastor, evangelist. And these two brothers, you know, hey, if these two can get along, all of our problems look kind of small, don't they? <laughs> in our church, in our marriages, in our families. Praise the Lord. The Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost, and his mission becomes our mission, right? And we go on mission with Jesus. But I want to think first, as we look at Zacchaeus, how, how, Jesus sought him. We need to be gripped. I pray today God would grip us and grip me 
afresh with what Jesus, that Jesus came to seek and to save and rescue me. Thank you, worship team, for that great song. Some of them, you saw what the text was and got some great songs that go with what we are talking about today. We look at Zacchaeus, that he sees, we see in verse 1 through 3, Zacchaeus is rich. Friends, are riches ever enough to satisfy us? This little guy climbing a tree, going, seeking Jesus, because he, he know, he's, he's rich, but riches don't satisfy. Japan's one of the richest countries in the world, number three, I guess. Now, <clears throat> looks seems richer than America in many ways, as we live there all these years. But the suicide rate is famously high. I often ask people, do you think the Japan is, and I ask this to Japanese people, who now who think through riches they'll be happy, you know. Uh, do you think, and I'll ask you, do you think the suicide rate in Japan after World War II, poor, dirt poor, bombed out, do you think the suicide rate, which has always been high in Japan, part of the culture and shame culture and many things, <clears throat> you think the suicide rate is highest after World War II when Japan was poor or now when Japan is rich? Counterintuitive again, right? Oh, richer more. When I use this example in December in a church, and a homeless man was sitting on the front row, a very poor homeless man. And he, he as I asked the question, he kind of answered back to me softly. I could see him. And what do you think he said? The suicide rate was higher when Japan was poor. Because he's thinking, I will be happier if I'm rich, right? And rich people think, I'll be happier if I'm poor. No. If I am richer, like Japan. It's never enough. Zacchaeus, it's not enough. He's not satisfied by his wealth or power. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and might have it abundantly. But we see in verse 2, he's also, he's also powerful. You know, he's, he's the chief tax collector. So he must have been happy. He's rich and he's powerful. He has position and prestige. He's not. He's lost in his sin and the self-centeredness, promotion, position, and everything else that we think will fill us and satisfy us doesn't work. And we all know it doesn't. You know, me, a Marine infantry officer, captain, you know, I, I remember just how hard, how empty it was as I'm trying to make myself. And, and, and as a missionary, to be a successful missionary and church planner and you know, preacher, that you would think I'm, I'm a good preacher today. All the things, I'm sad to say that, but it's in me. And isn't it in you? All the things we go after, or musicians or whatever, money, security, comfort, power, position, promotion, looks, and on and on. We think these things will satisfy, and do they? No. And yet each of us has those things we go after, thinking these will satisfy, like Zacchaeus. They don't. And we see, uh, you know, thinking, well, someone might say, well, hey, but Dan, if I could be the best in the world, or the second best, or the third best looking, or richest, or, or powerful, or, or influential, or something, <clears throat> the best retirement preparation account, the best in my sport, then I would, that, hey, that would be, I think that would be enough. Would it? First, second, third best in the world. But isn't that the way sin is? We think just a little more. It would be, surely that would make me... The 1964 Olympics in Japan, Kokichi was predicted to win in front of the Japanese people in Tokyo, the Olympics, the marathon. He was a great runner. And he came in third. Third in the world. Third in the world. And he took his own life. If he had been second, would he have been fulfilled? If he had been first, would he? No, it's, it's never enough for all of us. And it wasn't for Zacchaeus. All the, you know, there's nothing that will fill us. There's nothing that will fill us except Jesus. Uh, good things can, can that way too, you know, as well as sinful things. But you just stay on sinful selfishness like Zacchaeus thing. Have you ever been satisfied? Really satisfied? Deeply and, and, and ongoingly by any of your sin that you go after. Those sins you don't want anyone else here to know about that grip you or 
that you go after that are really scary, anyone would even know maybe, or other stuff. Has it ever, ever satisfied you? Hasn't me. Is anyone saying yes? Of course not. It that we know. If you're a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit, it doesn't satisfy. None of it does. But the good things don't either. I think I shared before how Carol and me the last few years have seen how uh, a couple good things became idols and really hurt it. You know, one was our kids, you know, that our kids would know Christ. Good thing, yes, of course. They'd serve Christ, yes, good things, of course. But how easily that began. Why do we do that? All that. Did we do it for God's glory? Yes. Do we do it for our kids? Yes. And we also did it for... Anybody answer that? For, for, we, did, we also did it for us. Yes. To make us look good. Parents know about that. And, and, how, you know, and we've had to really go to our kids this last five years and say, forgive us. We're some of our raising disciplined little Pharisees who make us look good, you know? Rather than, rather than you know, God's glory and gospel and, 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 so, and with the ministry too. We've seen that. And, and, and part of that was for the sake of the ministry and not loving our kids like we should and, and it not being about God's glory and, you know, and so much about us and have seen that. None of these idols satisfy, you know, right? It's only Jesus. But Jesus loves us and comes and seeks us. We see that with Zacchaeus. We see in uh, verses 5, Jesus came to the place and he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. Jesus seeks sinners like Zacchaeus, like the younger brother in the prodigal son story, like the sinful woman in the Simon the Pharisee story, and like... Simon the Pharisee, like the older brother, leaves the party, like this self-righteous, proud Marine, and whatever your, your character and tendencies are, Jesus comes to seek sinners. We see him seeking Zacchaeus here, sinful Zacchaeus. Are we moved that, that Jesus is one who came to seek and save the lost, to rescue us, like the song we sang. First time I heard that song, great song. I think I told you before the Jessica Buchanan story uh, in Sunday school. 2011, captured by Somalia pirates. 32-year-old American, 93 days in captivity. They moved her every two days so that another bad terrorist group wouldn't get her and try to get the, their demanding $40 million ransom. All had their guns around her, 20 of them, 15 to 20 of them every, all the time. She has no hope. Her body is shutting down. Looks like she's dying, desperately needing saving, like Zacchaeus, like you and me. Can she save herself? Impossible there in the Somalia desert as she is being moved every day. These, you know, then all of a sudden, middle of the night on the 93rd day, pitch black, zero, no, no light at all, darkest night of the month, and all of a sudden, gunfire in the middle of the night. She goes, gets down on her only possession to her name, her camping mat that she slept on with these evil guys around her all the time. And she pinners herself down so no bullets will hit her. She's like, oh no, another group is coming and I'm going to be captured and brutalized. I, you know, I can't do it. I can't do it. <clears throat> and then she's, and then all of a sudden the gunfire stops and, and she feels hands of a man on her back and she's just fighting against it thinking it's one of these terrorist guys and she all of a sudden hears Jessica Buchanan we're taking you home in English American English she looks up <coughs> excuse me and there's a SEAL Team 6 guy and he throws her well he tries to throw her on his back and said no Get away from me. I got this. I can save myself. Anybody think she said that? <laughs> of course not. And he rescued her and ran through the Somalia desert toward where the landing zone was to, to take her away. You know, we think, what a great story of rescue, right? And ours is even better, right? Jesus came from further away. They, these guys, they flew 
through the night. They parachuted out. They came through miles. They knew where she was. They rescued her. They risked their lives for her. None of them died. But our rescue is greater. How much more that the eternal Son of God, God the Son, came for you and me to rescue us. And yet, it's so easy to get used to that, isn't it? Do you think Jessica Buchanan was thankful the next day? How many times the next, she, you know, they flew her uh, helicopter and then airplane to Germany to a military hospital. How many times do you think that next 24 hours she thought about her rescue after those 93 days? You think she thought about it a lot? Like every minute, maybe? She thought she was going to die, it was the end? You know, really, every minute. How about a month later, how much do you think she thought about it? How about now, it's been since 2011, nine years later. Do you think she thinks about it every day? I'm sure she does. Does she, is she as passionate with her thankfulness to those Navy SEALs as she was thinking about it every minute of every day? Who were those guys, you know? How, how can, I don't even know their names. How could I say thank you? You know, do you think that our rescue can fade and we can get used to it over time and not as just passionate and grateful for what Jesus has done for us? Jesus, this is Jesus, Luke 15, the lost sheep. You know, he goes after sinners. But we also see another thing we see here in verse 5, that Jesus calls Zacchaeus by name. This should move us also. The, you know, the, the, the particular atonement, it's not some cold doctrine, you know, particular atonement. But, but Jesus calls us by name. You know, you, do you believe in Jesus were you rescued by Jesus because you're smarter than other people? Because, you know, you're, you're, you're more moral or something? No. It's all of his grace. And that grace, the Bible tells us from before the foundation of the world, that he, he chose you. And he chose me. If you believe in Jesus, it's because he chose you, called you by name like he did Zacchaeus, John 10, 3. He calls his own sheep by name. And he leads them out. He came and sought me. He sought you, if you know Christ. Is that precious to you? That's one of the things that, that uh, sorry to use that illustration, such a good one, that Jessica Buchanan said. They rescued her so wonderful. She said one of the most precious things about it was they called me by name. And then she finds out later the President of the United States knew her name. We have a better story than that. Right? The, the, the God of the universe, if you know Christ, knows your name, called you by name. And we see he also, Zacchaeus is moved that, that Jesus takes his shame. It should move us that he's taken our shame and our guilt. You know, we see in verse 7, we see that, uh, that, that Jesus said, we'll read verse 7, and when they saw it, they all grumbled, the crowd grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. See, Zacchaeus, this evil guy everybody hated, because the tax collector, the word tax collector meant, you know, sinner, deep sinner, stealing money from people, corrupt. And Zacchaeus sees that Jesus calls him by name, goes to his house, seeks him, loves him, and what happens to Jesus because of that? The crowd are slamming on Jesus, grumbling and, 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 and upset with Jesus, but Jesus, to reach this sinner, Zacchaeus, gladly takes his shame. And we know even more about that than Zacchaeus did. Because we know that Jesus took our shame and guilt on the cross. He who knew no sin became sin for us. And that does move us. Think, you know, 2 Corinthians 5.21, He who knew no sin became sin for us. How, how could it not move us? You know, the, the Jessica Buchanan story, she says, one of the things she says, you can Google it and Listen to the story. The 60 minutes version is really good. 20 minutes uh, within that 60 minutes, they she tells her story. It took her two years to be able to tell the story from all the, the trauma of it. It was really hard, of course. But she says, one of, you know, these guys, that she didn't even know. They thought it was dangerous to form a perimeter around her at one point. And they, they come and they put three of them, put their bodies over the top of her to be willing to take her do a bullet for her. And we, again, we have a better story. How could it not move? Jesus took my 
You know, he took the death I deserve, the wrath of God for me. Yet I get used to my rescue. And I think as I get older and keep preaching it, telling it, I think it's easier to get used to my rescue rather than to be more excited, passionate, how much we need to listen to good music and songs and meditate and think and worship. May we be this moved by this truth that Jesus sought me, called me by name, substituted himself for me. He took my shame, my guilt, identifying with me by his incarnation, by his crucifixion. Now there has to be a response to this. Don't you agree? <laughs> you know, that we have to, you know, we have to say, okay, Jesus, thank you. What can I do? We see Zacchaeus is moved. How could he not be moved? Verse 8, we see his repentance. Uh, it's a result of the grace Jesus shows to him. He says in verse 8, And he stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. This is concrete repentance and the fruit of repentance, isn't it? He's going to give half of everything to the poor. We become generous. It's part of what happens to us. How, our, our possessions, our money, it, it's his. We say, Jesus, thank you. How, would her, her husband, Jessica Buchanan's husband, would he have given anything for his wife to be rescued? Of course, anything he had, he would have. Of course. Her family, they would have given the $40 million if they had it, even though that's not a good thing. It increases uh, the same kind of problem. But, but yeah, we, we would do anything. And in response to this, we come today as the church of Jesus Christ and say, thank you, Jesus, here I am. Here's my stuff. Zacchaeus, he says, you know, four times he's going to return to each of the people what he had embezzled from them. The fruit of the gospel is new radical generosity because of what Jesus has done for us. There has to be a result. Like the next slide, his mission statement, which I think verse... 19.10 here is a great mission statement of Jesus. The Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Would you agree, Zacchaeus calls him Lord, that the mission statement of Jesus to those who call him Lord need to be the mission statement of those who call him Lord, right? This becomes our mission statement for how you raise your, your daughter to be on mission, to know Jesus, and to be on mission with Jesus. So we see, this how, you know, he's a bad sinner. He goes knocking on the door. Imagine him knocking on the door, those people he embezzled. Here I am, Zacchaeus, what are you doing here? Man, <laughs> would have been, they would have hated him. And he's, I'm here, I want to hear four, four, I want to give you back four times what I took from you. Imagine the conversations that came from all of that as he goes and does that. Now, you know, you might say, Dan, how can you, say Zacchaeus is going on mission with Jesus. Aren't you on thin, isis, thin ice with your exegesis thinking that? Okay, but let's, how do we interpret Scripture? Let Scripture interpret Scripture. What happens to people in Scripture who are changed by Jesus? Woman at the well, what does she do? She brings the whole city. Come meet the man that he told me about my life. <laughs> Come meet this guy. We let Scripture interpret Scripture. We see that this is the way it is. Acts 1.8. Those who know Christ and have the Holy Spirit become witnesses to the ends of the earth. And in their Jerusalem and to the ends of the earth. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Or 5.17. Uh, I have a PowerPoint, I think. We're new creatures in Christ, right? If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Remember, come into a really covenant child baptized like today, but really came to faith, began to grow in college, second year of college. Remember reading, the Bible's coming alive. I, I want to be sexually pure. I want to be an act, walk like a new creature in Christ. I primarily thought about this verse in terms of my sanctification, my growing in Christ. Is it about that? Yes. But we look at the context, verse 18, what is it also about? All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself. Can we read it together, the rest? And gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Do you agree? The context is newness of life in Christ is speaking about harvester, being, a, being part of the harvest. Right? It is. 
Okay, look at the next one, verse 19. Same thing again. Right? That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, on mission for us, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Black and white, or blue and white, right? Yes or no? This is part of what God, he calls us to this. To be on mission with Jesus. What a great name, Harvester Church. Please send some of your kids or retirees or whoever to come help us in Japan, the lost land of Japan, where hardly anybody knows about Jesus. The church exists by mission as a fire exists by burning. This is what we do. A Christian exists by mission as a fire exists by burning. This is what God calls us to. We say, Jesus, thank you. We want to go to the world. This text here, verse 19, says, the world, this lost world out there. Yes, to reach, to reach Springfield in northern Virginia. Yes, but, but the whole world is so lost. So, and really so much more lost than here. I'm just amazed being back here, this stretch in the States. Uh, every time I come back, I'm amazed. Just the, you know, the number of Christians. This morning I got, came from the hotel, flew into Dulles, came to the hotel right next to Dulles late last night and came to McDonald's here. My wife texted me, said, answer me back. Do you know the time changes tonight? You know? <laughs> I'm really glad she told me. Got here to the McDonald's and was uh, sitting in there. And I heard Christian music. Not in Chick-fil-A, but in McDonald's. My second time this trip that I've heard Christian music in a McDonald's, you know. Last night, the Uber driver in Charlotte, he was a Christian. We had fellowship together in Christ, you know. In Japan, in 33 years, you know how many times that's happened to me? Just meeting someone out and around. It's happened under 10 times now. You know, air, this time, airplane trip. Second time on an airplane is happening. Three seats, all three Christians who know Christ. And Christian men. All three times. Or all two times that this happened to me. This time back in America happened to me one time. You know, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, you guys all think, oh, America's going to hell in a handbasket or whatever that English expression is. I forget it. Been speaking Japanese too long, you know. But, uh, but man, there is so much here to be thankful for. And the resource, PCA Church, Harrisonburg, Virginia, 200 applications for one pastoral position. 200! <laughs> and we have 200 cities with no church and no application. Actually, I'm exaggerating, we have more than 200 cities with no church of any kind and a few applications. Maybe some of you would come help us or in some ways. How might God use you to help us reach Japan and reach the world? The church does exist by mission. We go out on mission with Jesus. Now that, and we're allies with the church I preached in last weekend in the Coral, uh, Cape Coral, Florida. Their, their theme for their missions conference was allies in the fight. And pre, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday missions conference and had a big banner, allies in the, flight, in the fight. And I wanted to ask them, uh, do you think, how many here had military background? Wow, whoa, highest percentage uh, of any church I've been to. Was it only those 15 or 20 Navy SEALs that participated in that rescue of Jessica Buchanan? How many do you think it was? From those who built the satellites, who found her and tracked her, them in the desert, who flew the airplanes, you know, the, uh, uh, the trumpeter for the band. No, I'm just <laughs> Uh, you know, but, but really, yeah, yeah. <laughs> how many people did it take? And isn't that a great, that's what we are. Not all of us are supposed to go. Some of us are, and some of you are probably supposed to go or come help us fill in for three weeks so Carol and I can leave and someone take, come take care of the short-termers who live in our house, you know, or, uh, you know, the 18-year-olds come. We had more than 60 18-year-olds come to a gap year, help us. We couldn't do our school in Japan. Uh, we're the only school, Christian school, hybrid, homeschool Christian school for 8 million people 
East Oakville. Only one, eight million people, only one. You know, they're so, and some of you can help there and around the world, all these places in the world. We help by our giving, you know. Zacchaeus became generous. We become, we become more generous. We have people, including your church, I forget if you guys give every month or quarterly, but we have individuals that have never missed a month for 33 years, sent us to Japan. Many of them, you know, I guess 10 or more have never missed a month, 33 years. Because they say, we're on mission with you. They're part of that presbytery being born in Japan. The people who have come to faith in, in Japan. Praise the Lord. I, I, you know, our PCA may be the richest church in the world. Do you know that? Per capita giving of any church. in the, We're in the richest country in the world. And the Christian church in America is the richest church in the world. I think our denomination is really incredible. The giving of our, you know, we have way more missionaries than the Southern Baptists do per capita. Did you know that? Way, way more per capita, the PCA does, around the world, serving, taking the gospel to a lost world. One of our guys in Japan, Ochan, and his wife, they both came to Christ through singing black gospel music. They like music, never been to a church in their life, never read a Bible in their life, like most Japanese people, like 99% of Japanese people. They like music, went to this church in Tokyo that had black gospel music singing, like the the Counter-Reformation Catholics said, those Protestants cheat. They sing their doctrines into the people's hearts. You know? And well, they sang the doctrines into their hearts. They came to faith. They, um, she was from our city, came, knocked on our door, say, I believed in Jesus. Can I be baptized at church? I never knew there was a church in our city, East, uh, East Tokyo city of Chiba. And she, she uh, baptized her. He started showing up at our church. Also, he was baptized in the Baptist church where he lived, the other side of Tokyo. I thought he was coming because I was such a good preacher. But he was coming because she's so cute, you know. And uh, we did a black gospel music wedding for them, you know. After the tsunami, uh, he uh, quit his job, joined in the effort. As all five, more than 500 PCA people came. Going up north, what a witness it was for Christ people fleeing the nuclear disaster and we're going and helping. Kind of like what Jesus did for us, right? You know, going into danger for, for us. And, and, uh, and he, he's on a trip with a young 20-something girl from Park City's Presbyterian Church in Jackson, Mississippi. They're driving a truck, delivering gasoline and water. Gasoline so people can flee the nuclear reactor, you know? And, uh, and she says, Ocha, what do you want to do with your life? And he says, I want to go to seminary in Jackson, Mississippi and come back and be a pastor in Japan. Why do you want to go in Jackson, Mississippi? Well, there's a reform seminary there and there's a lot of people singing uh, soul gospel music. And he says, and I want to sing with the real thing, you know. <laughs> and I uh, said, well, how are you ever going to pay for that? I said, I have no idea. He said, I want to give you $10,000 to help you do that. She had just inherited more than $100,000 from a relative who had died, and her mommy and daddy taught her to give generously in a biblical way, a tithe, and she gave him his first $10,000 to go to seminary. We found a matching for it, had $20,000, others gave, had the privilege of flying to Jackson, Mississippi in December and preaching for his ordination service, and he did, this Japanese guy couldn't speak any English, hardly worked so hard to pass the test to come to America, and and go to seminary, and was part of the PCA, one of the few PCA church, African American, and, and white, Jackson, Mississippi, great church, part of their gospel choir there in their church, and he, he we ordained, he's back in Japan to church plant, you know, why? Because of that girl, from Park City Church, in her 20s, who was that first gift, so that, so that he could go to seminary. He's going to be a really good church plant. He's made my wife cry multiple times in Japan, his sermons preaching Christ from the Old Testament is best. It's exciting that, that we go on mission with Jesus with our giving, modeling a missional heart. I, I've learned so much from my dad who just seeing him love the lost. You know, I remember a, a drug addict who, a deep, young man deeply troubled with bad background and drugs and, and my parents took him in and my dad and mom loved him, fed him, and then the, the guy, he stole our family's money and ran away, and my dad would have been just 
getting the police, putting him in jail. But instead, my father found him, brought him back, loved him, did our money a little better, you know, our family money. And uh, a guy, you know, radically affected this young man. Why did my dad do it? Where do you learn that? From the gospel. My dad is a Pharisee sinner who needs Jesus. And Jesus came and sought him and gave his life for him. But, but the effect on me as a kid, seeing that, right? As we think, think about raising your, you know, the, the, the modeling we talk about in the vows you took today. What about the modeling of being on mission also? We probably ought to add that. Our certainly biblical. That seed of Abraham, Genesis 22, 18, will be a blessing to the nations. The seed, what does Calvin say about that text? Christ and his members and our kids are part of that. As we raise our kids to be on mission with us, that they hear grandma, you know, you have, you have multi-generations in this church. That's so exciting. That the kids will see, I think my dad took it so seriously as a grandpa. He's 92. I'm going up to see him today. Uh, you know, how many more times will I get to? You know, we're going back to Japan next month. And I'm just so thankful. He loved my mom. And we saw him loving Jesus and loving other people. And him taking it seriously to help me disciple my children and his great-grandchildren now. That that we as a family, that, that part of covenant theology is mission theology, right? This gospel, covenant, Mission that we're on mission together as a family that, that my kids have no doubt when they see their grandpa that he's not just singing the words all for Jesus, all for Jesus. Or the words we sang earlier about giving my all to him or something. You know, we just sing those words sometimes. But our kids are watching. How much do we really sacrifice in response to his rescue of us, really, in America, comfortable America? Do we? We don't. One time in, in, in Japan, we realized, you know, our kids are not thankful. We're not thankful. We sacrifice so little. We, you know, we decided, let's do oatmeal, three meals a day for a week. And, uh, and we did. We decided to do that. We did it twice. And our kids say that was a great experience. To, and to, to decide as a family, we're going to, you know, how much, some people would, boy, what they wouldn't do for three meals of oatmeal every day for a week in some parts of the world. That we would do that. Mom and Dad got weak about Wednesday and we gave in and allowed brown sugar and fruit, you know, (laughs) after about a week. But it was so good for our kids to sacrifice a little. Maybe you'll think today, what what could we do as a family, as Grandpa, with our grandkids? Or, you know, to say, let's do this and let's give and let's let's go on this mission trip together or something because of what Jesus has done for us, right? Lord, what are you calling us to do as a church, as a family together? A church where I preached a month ago, three, three weeks ago, and the pastor, they do faith promise giving for missions, and the pastor wrote a great article and talked about it publicly, is getting families to meet together with their kids to talk about, and the kids thinking about their faith promise giving. You know, they're going to give a special gift to mission that would be sacrificial. I thought it was a great thing. And I thought, let's do that. With three generations, we're going to take one percent of our retirement in addition, you know, and give. Think of, and it's going to be a loss to you, but it's a gain for the kingdom. So all is a response to Jesus, His rescue for us. He calls us all to be a part of this. The story I told you of Jake DeShazar. Uh, there's more to the story than this. There, here's the uh, uh, the commander of Cheetah. Remember him? Is he up there? that a young girl in her 20s was part of his rescue by Jesus. Do you know that? It's a great story. Next one. This girl, Peggy, in the middle, grew up as a missionary kid in Japan. And this, again, to all of us, old, young, older, retired, we have more time to pray for, you know, all of us have different places. This young girl had a part in the rescue of the man who led the attack on Pearl Harbor. Young girl. She... Her parents fled Japan with her to the Philippines, 1939, when the war drums are beating, two years before Pearl Harbor. You know, it's hard for Americans to be in Japan then. They left Japan. Um, she went to America for college, 
like we sent our, all nine of our kids went to America for came to America for college, and while and the, and the Japanese invaded Philippines immediately after Pearl Harbor, her family fled to the mountains to get away. The Japanese soldiers found her parents. They killed her parents. And she gets word of that in America. And she's devastated, of course. But later on, there's a call for people who know Japanese to be translators in the hosp prisoner hospitals for Japanese criminals or Japanese, um, Japanese soldiers. And guess who volunteers? Who do you think volunteered to speak and be a translator? in that hospital for Japanese people. This girl, Peggy, she volunteers to serve the people who killed her mom and dad. And, and one of those guys in that hospital was Commander Fuchida's mechanic for his airplane. And he's, he hears her story, he's amazed. We killed her parents, here she is. You think she loved them perfectly? She's a sinner. But she went, she went and served and loved. And he, after the war, he goes back to Japan. He goes and find, finds his commander, Fuchida, tells him the story. You wouldn't have believed this, young lady, you know. And he gets that tract in Tokyo about Jake DeShazar and goes and knocks on his door. Peggy was part of his coming to faith. All of us are part. He came to seek and to save the lost, us. Praise his name. And we go on mission with him. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that as the Father, as you said Jesus to us, as the Father has sent me, so send I you. We First, we thank you, Father, that you sent the Son to save us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that if we believe today, it's because you worked in our hearts and, and brought us to faith. And we praise your name, O oh Lord. O oh God, have mercy on us. And we do pray, Lord, that as Jesus said in that verse, John 20, 21, that as the Father has sent us, has sent Jesus, you now Jesus, you send us out into Springfield and to the world. I pray that there will be new steps of engagement and warmth and love from all of us that you have rescued us, Lord. A better rescue story than the Jessica Buchanan story. Any rescue story. Wow. You rescued us. And Lord, would you move us to new steps of faith with our giving? Maybe some young person here say, I want to go spend a year in Japan and serve Jesus who rescued me. Or maybe some retired person or couple was say, I want to come take care of those young people for a year or for three months or all these other places in the world where the, there are all these opportunities and need for, for people to serve. Lord, help us to know, would you work in our hearts? Can we have good family conversations today about what one new step we might take as a family, as a couple, as a single, in responding to your rescue of us? Jesus, thank you that you rescued us. We praise your name. We deserve wrath and hell and you have given us grace, and we praise your name. In Jesus' name, amen.